Hi, this is Nils Davis, host of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. I'm still in Spain, and hopefully you are doing something fun for the summer. And this is another summer rerun episode, but a great one that has evergreen appeal since it's about getting a job. Well, more specifically, about creating a great resume with specific guidance for product managers. This episode is pretty old from when the podcast was still called All the Responsibility, None of the Authority. Now, you can find the show notes for the episode at secretsofpm.com slash 82, which is the same as alltheresponsibility.com slash 82. I hope you enjoy it and find the guidance valuable for your next job search. It seems like about every 10th question on any product management chat board is, can you review my resume? Now, this raises the question, is there a perfect product manager resume? Of course there's not, not really. But there are ways to make your resume a lot better. Typically, most resumes are not that great, and many people don't know the secrets. Of course, there's lots of guides out there on how to create your resume. This one probably is going to have a little bit of a different tack than you'll hear in a lot of them, partly because it's really focused on product managers as opposed to sort of just generally. And part of the approach I'm talking about here comes from thinking like a product manager, somebody who has to sell a product, who makes a product they're trying to get out into the market to solve some problems, and that's exactly what you're trying to do with yourself, with your resume. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, the podcast for product managers and other innovators. This is episode number 82, and you can find notes for this show at alltheresponsibility.com slash 82. Now, I don't know if you're currently looking for a new job right now, but it's always good to keep your resume in shape and to think about what you might put on your resume. Of course, this is part of thinking strategically about your career. This is one of the tactics that you use to approach your career strategically. And of course, if you are looking right now, you'll be able to put these ideas to work right away. Now, we all understand that just having a good resume is not going to get you the job. You know, spreading resumes out all over the place is not the best way to get a job. We all know this. But resumes are still part of the game for most of us most of the time. I think a good way to approach it is to think of yourself as a product. Your resume is kind of like a sales page. And think about what a good sales page does. Well, it keeps people reading, so copywriting is important. What does that mean for a resume? We'll talk about that in a little bit. A good sales page also gives people a reason to believe that what you're offering is credible. It also expresses a meaningful difference, right? There's some reason why you should choose the product on offer on the sales page versus some other product that may make some of the same claims. So there's some differentiators. And it demonstrates an overt benefit, meaning the value that you get by getting this product, by buying this product. You want your resume to indicate that you are valuable, that you're worth getting, that you're different from other potential candidates for the position, and that what you have in your resume is believable and meaningful. Resumes are nothing like sales pages in form, and that's, I guess, good and bad, but they have the same purpose. Now, from the hiring manager's perspective, and one of the things you need to do, of course, is put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes in order to craft a good resume. Product managers are kind of unicorns. We're kind of rare. We have specific skills, but there are a lot of us out here. Their job is to find the right unicorn and to make sure that the person they're selecting actually is a unicorn. It's easy to put a lot of skills and things on your resume or to find a resume that has a lot of skills, but does the person actually have those skills? Can they actually do the things that they talked about? And so one of the rules of thumb that a hiring manager has to use 
and this is not great, this is one of the reasons hiring is really difficult, is to follow this quote that I really like. To understand what a person is really like, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. In other words, if you're a hiring manager, you want to hire people based on what they've done, not on what they say they might do. Oftentimes, product managers are interviewing for jobs that are a step up, so they may actually be doing different things. But as a hiring manager, you're going to get your best idea of what people can do in that expanded role by what they did maybe in their lower role, particularly if they stretch themselves. From your point of view as a product manager who's interviewing, the stories of your accomplishments are how the hiring manager learns to the degree that they can learn what you are really like. There's another thing to think about. Your resume is part of a system, and you will be researched, right? People will look on LinkedIn, they'll look on Facebook, they'll look on Twitter, Google, Instagram, all the different places to see what you put out there. And you also want to think about what your competitors are doing. You know, you have a lot of people competing for any product management job you might be going after, and some of your competitors are doing podcasts like me. Some of them are posting articles on Medium and LinkedIn, and there's published white papers, or they maybe they've published books. And so your resume is important, and it does a lot to sell you, but there's a bunch of other stuff that's around there as well. And you want to make sure that you've got that stuff managed as well. I'm not going to really talk too much more about that system, except that you just need to think about it. So what are the key points of creating resume that's going to help you get that job and, and not be a hindrance? Well, the first thing, as I said, put yourself in the hiring manager's shoes. And from their perspective, what do product managers do? Well, they get valuable things built and taken to market via other people. As product managers, we don't do the work ourselves. Typically in building the solution, we work through sales and marketing to get the solution to market. We may be mostly responsible for the market discovery part, finding the problems that need to be solved, but the building and the go-to-market parts, we do to, through other people. Thinking about that, what do your stories in your resume need to show? Well, they need to show that you can get things done through other people. Things that are worth doing, that result in transformations, but by doing things that only you can do. So you have to show in your bullet points in your resume that you did things that enabled products to get built and go to market. The challenge is, this is not how people normally talk about what goes on the resume, although it should be. People always talk about how your bullet point should reflect your accomplishments. I don't think people ever go into enough detail about what that means, and I'll talk more about that throughout this podcast episode, about how to make your bullet points really accurately and powerfully reflect your accomplishments. And of course, there is this thing out in the world called an applicant tracking system, which creates complications. This is the thing that takes the job description and takes the resume and compares them to see if they have the same keywords. Now, this is kind of a ridiculous thing, but they're reality. So I'll talk a little bit at the end about how to make your resume ATS, applicant tracking system, ready. Again, your resume is your stand-in to tell the stories of the amazing things you really did. The stories help the hiring manager understand what you can really do, not what you might do, what you think you do, what you think sounds good, but what you did in real situations. Now, is there still a risk for the hiring manager? There still is, of course, because it's just what you have on paper. The more that your resume can tell that story about how you can do things, how you have done things that are amazing and compelling, the more likely they are to bring you in for an interview where you can elaborate on those stories, tell other stories, and so on. It's also true that the hiring manager is still judging you in all the different ways that they can, what's on the resume, what's not on the resume, what they see out in the system, so to speak, the LinkedIn and everything else. Ideally, they're only doing that on the legal 
things, but let's be honest, they probably are subconsciously at least using other criteria as well. And that's something you can't really fix with your resume exactly, but you have to keep in mind. So let's start simple. Let's assume that you can hand your resume directly to a hiring manager with a job you want. What do you want him or her to take away from your resume? And remember that there's dozens of qualified people who also want this job. You're a unicorn, but so are they. So how do you want your resume to paint you in this situation? Well, one thing to think about is how much time will this person put into reviewing your resume? Well, it could be a very short amount of time. In this kind of personal interaction situation, it might be 10 seconds, it might be 30 seconds. That's a long time for a resume to be reviewed. Now, if they find something interesting in it, they may spend more time. You have to make that connection, that initial connection, in 10 to 30 seconds. And if they're not getting it via a trusted connection, like if you weren't introduced to them by somebody that they trust, you might get three seconds, or your resume might get three seconds. What are some of the basic things you need to think about? Well, first of all, it's obviously important that the resume be what I call well-groomed, meaning that you don't have spelling errors, and you have a decent layout, and you have good grammar. What you want to avoid is the hiring manager's subconscious brain saying to itself, if this person can't be bothered to have correct spelling, grammar, and layout, why should I trust them with this product? That's really the problem if your resume doesn't look good or doesn't sort of meet the criteria of being well-groomed, is a subconscious response that may not even rise to the level of consciousness on the part of the hiring manager, but where they kind of think, oh, I don't think I trust this person. So grooming is a super important thing. And we always have to struggle with that because it's really easy to, to mess up, especially things like grammar. But you also want to pay attention to punctuation, obviously spelling, all those things. Now, another thing is that novelty in the resume is actually not that important, at least not in itself. Novelty in your resume is only valuable to the extent that it builds a meaningful differentiator for you as a product manager. So, for example, if you had a really successful product that you launched and, and took to market and that there's a good picture of, you could put the picture of that product on your resume and say, this is the product that I built. Here's all the things that I did to make sure it was successful. That would be a very novel layout and it might be really effective. But just using fancy colors or a fancy layout or different kinds of fonts, that's not going to be impressive. Even if it's a beautiful design, that is not going to be meaningful in the context of showing that you are a good product manager. You can be totally confident that just a plain, basic black text on white background, that's going to be fine. You don't have to make it novel or eye-catching. There are a lot of options for laying out the content of a resume, but I'm going to talk to you now about a basic structure that works. It works for many purposes. As I go through, I'll also give you some reasons for why specific things are there. So first of all, your name and contact information at the top. This should be obvious. You want to make it easy to get a hold of you. <laughs> You know, your phone number, your email address, your geographic location, maybe not your mailing address. That's not that important anymore. Perhaps your LinkedIn URL and some things like that. But basically, make sure that they can easily get in touch with you if they want to follow up. Then, I recommend putting a blurb at your resume. Not an objective, but a blurb. It really has two purposes. The first is to engage. And that means it should be decently well written. You want it to be something that somebody starts to read and they, they go on and they say, oh, they read the first sentence, and that makes them interested in reading the second sentence. So that's a copywriting aspect. But the second thing, your second goal, is to reassure the hiring manager that you are actually the type of person they want to talk to. 
And the way you can think about this blurb, and it's really like two or three really short paragraphs. It might be as few as two or three sentences, but typically it's maybe four to five to six sentences, but very short. The rubric is what I am, what I've done, why I'm interesting. And so, for example, if I were to write one for myself, I would say something along the lines of, enterprise software product manager with over 15 years delivering business solutions for Silicon Valley companies. In my career, I've created millions of dollars of revenue through profitable product and component introductions. I have a reputation as the person who takes on and delivers the challenging projects that no one else can figure out how to deal with. Or an alternative reputation that I actually have on my current resume, I have a reputation for technical credibility with the engineering organization and business credibility with the sales and marketing organizations. Whatever you might have credibility for or reputation for, that's something you might put on there. And so I had three basic lines there, right? What I am, I'm an enterprise software product manager. I have experience in Silicon Valley. What I've done, I've delivered millions of dollars of value. And why I'm interesting, because I have a lot of technical and business credibility. That, that's for me, and you might have different things, but that's sort of the basic blurb. But you can see what it does. It says to the hiring manager immediately, enterprise software product manager, if they're not looking for that person, if they're not looking for enterprise software product manager, then you might not be the right choice for them. And so that also suggests that you might want to change this blurb based on the types of jobs you're applying for. If you're applying for both enterprise software product management jobs and B2C software product management jobs, you might need to have different blurbs. The next part and the main part of the resume, of course, is the experience section. It's where you list out typically in chronolog backwards chronological order the jobs you've had and what you did in those jobs. And so what is your goal with the experience section? This is always a good thing to ask. And it is, there's a few goals. One is to make the hiring manager think you are indeed a unicorn in the sense that you know how to do product management. So this is the product management unicorn. You don't want to ensure that they understand that you're not just a software developer who wants to be a product manager, but a person who actually knows how to do product management and understands what product management is and has done it. You want to make the hiring manager feel that you will have some insight into and leverage over the problems he or she is facing. So this might be where you do some research about the place you're interviewing and figure out what are the likely problems that they're facing. And you might decide to highlight certain of your accomplishments based on how aligned they are with the problems that the company you're interviewing at might be facing. And you also finally want to make them know more about you and how you did it. So you want your bullet points to not only talk about what you did and how you were a unicorn and how you know how to do product management, but also you want them to be interesting enough to say, oh, I would like to know more about that. One of the things that people often sweat about, and I don't think you need to, is how you present the company and your title. I don't think that's too important. A lot of people say, well, can I call myself a product manager if I was really called a product marketing manager, but what I really did was product management? Generally, yes, you can. You can't always, and you have to that sometimes is a fine line, but generally if you are doing product management, the function, irrespective of what your title was, I think it's reasonable to say that you are a product manager. You might put in the little parentheses, the title was actually product marketing manager or technical product manager. The point is you don't want to be too confusing here because it's more confusing to be interviewing for a job that you're very qualified for because you actually did product management, but the title on your previous job was not aligned with that. That's much more confusing than if you align the title correctly, but the title you actually had at the previous company was a little different. It just still meant product manager. So don't sweat too much about how you present the company and your title, but be as consistent as you can across your different experiences so you don't look sloppy, right? This is an, goes back to grooming. Sort of make it look like 
the same person wrote each of the sections. I also suggest putting in a one-sentence description of the product you worked on because lots of people don't know all the products that were ever out there in the market or what a particular company might have created. Some companies, of course, we know what they created, but typically the ones that we know their names actually have lots of products, so you might still need to explain what your particular product was. You don't want to give the hiring manager a reason to be resentful about reading this section by not knowing what it was you worked on. So this is another area where you're kind of pre-handling an objection and you're trying to address a subconscious reaction on the part of the hiring manager by being clear about what it was you worked on. If you think about this standard value proposition template, which is where you describe your product, it's got a product category name like project management tool or something like that for a particular market segment that had certain features, that's often good enough to put into your one sentence description. So for example, about one of my previous jobs, I might say a project management tool for mid-size enterprises that had particular capabilities for resource management. Now, if there's room, you might want to include your best differentiator in that line. And I just did that. Resource management was one of our big differentiators. The point is that you want the person reading to, to if, they, if they look at that section, you want them to know what it was that you worked on. If you just give the name, they often won't know that. Within the experience section, of course, for each job, there's going to be a list of bullet points. And I think bullet points are fine. What you put in the bullet points is pretty important. And the bullet points are where you put in your stories. And at least on the first bullet in the resume, and ideally at least the first bullet of each experience, you should reflect a kick-ass result that you had, a real accomplishment on your part. Of course, this is assuming you have accomplishments. You, of course, do if you're interviewing for a product management job. You're a special person, and so you should have accomplishments. In fact, no matter whether your previous job was a product manager or not, you should have, if you really want to become a product manager, if you're moving into product management, you should have experiences and accomplishments that are really like those of a product manager, even if you weren't a product manager, if you want to move into product management. Figuring out how to articulate these stories and then turn them into good bullets is not trivial. And I actually have an online course about this. If you go to alltheresponsibility.com slash stories, you can sign up for my online course. It's actually free, but it's very good. It trains you how to elicit your own stories turn them into things you can use for interviews and things like that, and also how to turn them into bullets for your resume. But your goal with the bullet points, let's just talk about this a little bit more, highlight your meaningful achievements, meaning meaningful transformations you enabled by solving problems worth solving that only you could solve. That's what's meaningful if you're a product manager. You want to pique their interest. So, oh, they did that. I'd like to learn more about how they did it. Each bullet point is itself a little mini story for which you have a bigger story you can tell in the interview. The story that you're going to tell in the interview is roughly, there was a problem, I solved it by doing X, and good things resulted. That's a very simplified version of the fundamental story of your accomplishments. The bullet point version of that story is I made good things result by doing X. It sort of goes backwards from the regular story. The st regular story is problem, solution, results. The bullet point is results by solution. There's more about this in the online training that I just mentioned. You can go to the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 82 to find a link to that course and lots of other links. There are some things you want to avoid in your bullets. One of them is just repeating the job description. Many resume readers have learned to recognize this, and it does you no favors, and it makes them think you're not taking the job search seriously. So don't list as one of the bullet points that you did the duties of a product owner, you know, that I wrote requirement, wrote stories, and I prioritized the backlog, and I worked with developers. Those are all assumed. That's table stakes. If you're talking about a product management position, 
don't even bother to put that bullet in. If you don't have a better story, maybe just even leave it out. I said previously that at least the first bullet on your resume, and ideally at least the first bullet on each experience, should be one of these stories. The reason is it's actually hard to come up with these stories. It's hard to, well, you have a lot of stories, most likely, but there's a lot of work involved in polishing up, polishing them up to the point where they're really effective on your resume. It's worthwhile to, to do it, but it may take you a while. So my recommendation is at least start with one and make sure it's the first bullet point. So whatever you're currently working on or your most recent experience, figure out your best accomplishment, figure out the story related to that, and turn that story into your bullet point, your first bullet point for that experience. So I just mentioned, don't repeat the job description of your bullets. Now you might have to not have perfect story bullets for the rest of your bullets, but don't repeat the job description. And another thing to avoid, try to keep the bullets kind of parallel in a kind of a grammatical sense. This isn't really about content per se, it's about the form. If somebody is reading your resume, you wanna avoid giving them a sense of discombobulation as they go down your bullets, because that will, again, make them uncomfortable, make the subconscious suspicious of you. For the rest of the resume, typically the rest is the skills section, a little skill section, and then often your education, or usually your education is going to go at the bottom as well. So I think it's great to have a short skill section, but you really want to consider what you put on here. You want to focus on your differentiators from other the other unicorns, the other product managers, and that's like unusual tools that are clearly a skills differentiator from other product managers. Things like, at the moment as I record this, uh, some tools like Heap or Mixpanel or Pendo, which are kind of analytic tools that product managers use. If you're an expert with Product Board or AHA, which are tools for tracking stories and doing customer discovery, you might want to list one of those. If you're a true wizard with Google Analytics or something like that, that might be a good thing to mention as well. If you have a development background, if you were a software developer, you're tempted probably to put your languages here. I would recommend against this. I don't think it adds that much. And even if the languages that you're expert in are the same ones that the company uses, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good match because you might have used it on the previous version and a bunch of things changed. And this is true also for things like UI frameworks and things like that. So I wouldn't recommend putting your languages on there. If you don't have anything else to put on there, maybe you do, but it's better to talk about other things that are more differentiating. Many, many product managers came from the development background. And so having done a lot of programming, even as a professional, is not that differentiating for you no matter what languages you list on there. And so I would try to see if you can come up with other better differentiators. Do you put Word and PowerPoint and Excel on? I wouldn't. They're not that unusual, of course. They're kind of expected. Those are really are our basic tools that we use as product managers, even though there are a lot of other good and interesting tools. So I wouldn't put those on there. I think, as I say, I think they're just expe expected. Let's talk about prepping for the applicant tracking system. This is a tool that the company uses to match the keywords in the job description to the keywords on your resume. And it's kind of a dumb thing, but it's real. And it doesn't prevent you from doing the things that I talked about already. You can have a blurb that has the right keywords. You know, if you're talking about being a product, a senior product manager at a Silicon Valley software company, those are likely to be some of the words that show up in the job description. Having the bullets as stories, you can just make sure the bullets have some of those keywords in them. And skills that are differentiators, you know, a lot of times a job description will ask for skills that are not differentiators. And so that would be one reason to include them. Generally speaking, you don't have to include very many of them. 
Now, the easiest way to prep for the ATS is actually to sign up for a service like jobscan.co and run the job description against your resume, then fix your resume up until it scores decently. Now, jobscan.co, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Of course, on their free tier, you get a few matches per month. You can do a basic run of the job you're going after versus your resume and then start to fix it up. And if you're searching actively, I think the $90 for three months package is probably a good deal to invest in. So that is sort of what's going to help you get through the ATS. You know, I started out talking about the simple case, the easy case, where you actually get to hand your resume to a hiring manager. And it doesn't, typically in that case, it doesn't go through the ATS. So that's a better case. You know, you're not going to get knocked out for not having quite the right wording in your resume. And of course, that's really pretty frustrating because the ATS doesn't understand anything about product management and how complex it is and how so much of what we do is about influence and persuasion. And those keywords just don't show up very well in, they don't show up in job descriptions and the matching doesn't work very well for your resume. So ideally you don't have to go through the ATS, but it's worth spending a little bit of an effort to make sure you have some of the keywords at least. So in, to summarize, what is the perfect product manager resume? Well, again, there is no perfect one. But what I recommend is there's four fundamental sections. There's the contact information. Make sure they can get in touch with you. The second piece is the blurb. Here's what I am. Here's what I've done. Here's why I'm interesting. The third piece is the experience section. And in that section, that's where you tell your stories in the form of bullets. And make sure you make that as clear as you can. Make sure that you are clear about what type of product it was that you worked on at each of these experiences. And finally, there's a skills section and try to use that as a place to do some differentiation. So what are three things you can start doing today to put these ideas into practice? Well, the most fundamental thing is to polish your stories and to create great bullet points from your stories. And again, I recommend my free online course at alltheresponsibility.com stories for more guidance on this. Again, that link will also be in the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 82. Second, I would suggest working on your blurb. Again, remembering that the point of the blurb is, this is what I, what I am, this is what I've done, this is why I'm interesting. Of course, you can't tell your whole story in this little tiny bit of text, but you can get enough in there that when the hiring manager reads it, they say, yeah, this is the kind of person I want. Oh, this person's done the kinds of things that I need done. And, oh, this person seems like they might bring something special to the table. And then finally, the third thing, not exactly related to the resume, but something, is to do a little work on your kind of whole product. And that's your LinkedIn, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram. And in particular, if you've written articles or given talks or been interviewed, make sure that those are listed on your LinkedIn featured section. Otherwise, people will never know. They might know if they Google you and those things come up, but you want to be proactive about those and putting them in. You might also consider using your blurb or a version of your blurb as part of your description in your LinkedIn profile as well. Because, again, it's going to talk about what you do, what you've done, and why you're interesting. There's a lot more opportunities in that whole LinkedIn description of yourself as well. You might think about doing what Lisa Cummings in her Lead Through Strengths podcast talks about, of making use of your strengths, your Clifton strengths, in the blurb on LinkedIn as well. So that would be another thing to, to do. But the three things you can start doing today, really focus on your stories, work on that blurb, 
and make sure your whole product is reflecting what you want to have said. So this has been episode number 82 of All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, the podcast for product managers. Again, I'm Nils Davis. Thanks for listening. You can find the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 82, where you can also subscribe to the podcast. You can leave me a comment. You can leave your thoughts on these ideas. If you would like to talk to me about your resume, drop me a line at nils at nilsdavis.com, and I might have time to talk to you about it. I also do coach people on their resumes, and this is where we go intensively into your actual stories and make sure we've got a few of them really nicely captured, both for use during your interviews as well as in your resume. And we can do other polishing of your presentation as well as you uh, do your job interview practice. So that's a thing you can talk to me about. Love to work with anybody who needs help there. One of the things I'm real good at is helping to elicit your accomplishments and help turn them into really strong and powerful stories. Because a lot of us product managers, we're not that good at actually telling our own stories. We're good at deferring credit to our team, which is great in the day-to-day work of being a product manager. But for your interviews and for your resume, you need to take credit for the stuff you actually did. You know, I always say, as product managers, we give away all the credit and we take on all the blame, and that's exactly what we should do in the day-to-day. But in the job interview, that's not exactly what we want to do. And I'm good at helping people understand how amazing they actually are. So let me know if you want to work with me on that. Well, I hope this has been useful information for you and useful guidance on what to do with your resume the next time you're looking for a job or if you're currently looking for a job. As I say, let me know if you have any thoughts on this. I look forward to next week's show. I did a great interview a few days ago with Noah Ganat, who is an Israeli-based product management consultant. She works mostly with product management leaders. Got some really great content for the next episode. Can't wait to share that with you, episode number 83, and that'll be in a week. And until then, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.